Well, good morning once again. Some of you are still awake. That's good. Good morning. Isn't God good? All the time. God is good. We're excited for today. I want to thank you. Before we jump into the the message, you can get your outline out if you want to take notes. I want to thank you for your faithful giving over these last few months of of craziness and, and different times. What it has caused us to do is to do things a little bit differently. Some of it is required. Some of it is just for, for your care and concern. And one of the things that we are, are working on is the fact that we can probably no longer pass the plates through the different rows. And so we have to collect tithes and offerings a little bit differently. And so that's okay. It's just different. Um, and so I want to say thank you for your faithfulness. Right now, you can currently bring your offerings and your tithes to the offering plates that are at the altar or there's some in the foyer as you leave, you can do that. But I want you just to know, uh, will you please be patient with us? Uh, it's changing how we count. It's changing how we do so many different things. But we're working on some different options for us when it comes to our giving. And so we're looking forward to unveiling those to you once they're available and letting you know all about that. But until then, you can give uh, before you come into the service or as you go. Um, just know that they're Um, is a lot going on behind the scenes with your giving, and so we want to make sure that you're aware of it, and just say thank you for for your faithfulness there. Also, if you were not here last week or you haven't looked at your bulletin, immediately following this service, we are going to dismiss those that do not want to stay and dismiss those who have children in Children's Church uh, to go get your children so that those workers and those kids can come back. We're going to take about a five to ten minute break after the message, And then we're going to come back in here and we have some all-church announcements and informational meeting that we want to share with everybody about some of the new changes going forward as we reopen and come back together uh, in a new normal way of life. So uh, we would invite you to to stick around for that. I promise we will try to be succinct and, and respectful of your time this morning as best we can. Would you join me in, 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 in prayer once again before we dive into God's word this morning? God, we just uh, give you this time. This is a time that we set aside to open your word, to allow your word to speak to us. And I pray as we look to your word, Lord, we find the truth that you have for us. And we're able to apply that to our lives. This is your time. This is your message Help me as your messenger, Lord, to declare your words to your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you have ever played the game Boggle? A couple of you. So as you can see on your screen here, I I came up with this really cool image because I thought, you know what? I want to spend the next few weeks talking about the Boggle of our brain. One of the things that drives me nuts, it's a pet peeve of mine, is that when you play a game like this, is the noise that it makes. Anybody else have that problem? Oh, man. You put that lid on that thing, and then you shake those wooden cubes up in that plastic container. Oh, man, it just, just thinking about it gives me the shivers. Uh, And then if if you're anything like me, if you're the one shaking the box, sometimes you take a little extra shake too. So even though it drives me nuts, I try to get a little extra shake. I got to get those letters just right. So what we're going to talk about today is is our brain boggle is the the title of the series that we're starting today. But today we're going to focus on one word, one word. And so uh, it's the word winning, winning. How many of you like to win when you play 
Boggle or any other game. How many of you are not telling the truth by not raising your hand? Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't think of too many people that enter a game and not want to win. So we're going to talk about winning the game in your mind today. About winning the game in your mind today. So I want to ask you a question that I want you to think about for a moment. Do you think it's easier for you personally to notice negative thinking in yourself better than you notice it in other people? You don't have to answer that. Is it easier for you to notice when somebody else is negative, but it's harder for you to recognize in your own life? As I was preparing this message and thinking about this thing, I had to revisit this question numerous times because by nature, I am a very realist is how I call it. My, my wife calls it pessimist uh, or negative. And so this was a good message for me to prepare because it caused me to stop and to really evaluate my own thought process. Am I being negative or am I just talking about other people's negativity and that's what's bothering me? If we're honest with one another this morning, there's probably times in our lives where we tend to be negative and complain, sometimes probably about other people, but in reality, we're probably in the same boat as they are, and we're probably rowing in the same direction. We're probably just as negative. So we need to realize something today that's very important. We need to realize that the life you have today is a reflection of the thoughts you think. The life you have today is a reflection of the thoughts you think. Paul, the Apostle Paul, was a mastermind when it comes to this idea of how we think determines how we live. And so if you study Paul and you study his leadership and his teaching, he's trying to help people realize, he's trying to help the churches that he wrote to and us who still read it today, he's trying to help us realize that what you think really matters. You see, there is a battlefield. There is a a game. There is a war that's going on in each and every one of our minds today. And I want us to look at what Paul writes to the church in Corinth, and I believe it can help us today. So I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Corinthians, or if you're following along on on your phone or your tablet, pull that up in your YouVersion Bible app, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read the first, or verses 3 and 4, and then we're going to get to the rest of it a little bit later as well. Hear the words of Paul to the church in Corinth. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Somebody say amen. amen. On the contrary, they have divine Power. Let me stop right there. That word power in our English language is the word deutimus. It's the same word, the same root where we get our word dynamite from. We have, on the contrary, they have divine power, dynamite power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds, that word in the original language is ocharama. Ocharama, and it's a fortified military stronghold, a strong walled fortress. It's a fortress or a prison that we become a prisoner locked in a deception. The weapons that we fight with 
are not the weapons of the world. We're in a stronghold from the world. We're in a prison in our mind, but we try to fight out of that prison sometimes with weapons that are of this world rather than using the dynamite power that we have from God. Amen? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I believe that this message is for almost everybody here today. No matter where you're at on this journey of life, you've probably had a time in your life where you've allowed negative thinking to control your life. You've been a prisoner to the strongholds that are keeping you from using the divine power that God has for us to use. So today we're talking about our mind. It's a battlefield. Our mind is a battlefield. And I know some of you that are from the 80s, you think that love is a battlefield, and we thank Pat Benatar for that, but not today, okay? Our mind is a battlefield that we're going to be dealing with and that we're going to be working with. And our enemy is trying to shape our thought life one lie, deception, negative thought at a time. And what our enemy does is he builds those up over time and they create these, these walls that we become imprisoned behind, these strongholds that we believe and we cling to. Some of these thoughts that we may have in our life, you know what, you really can't trust that person. You're not going to be a success in your life. Or maybe you're always going to struggle with certain things that you struggle with. You're never going to amount to anything. God doesn't care about you. You can't let your friends know you're struggling with that secret. You're going to be rejected. But thankfully, Paul gives us some truth to counter these strongholds. So let's go on to verse number five. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. All in favor say aye. Here's the reality. The life you live today is a reflection of the thoughts you think. I want you to look at your neighbor right now, and I want you to say this. If you change your thinking, let's try it again. Look at your neighbor. Say, if you change your thinking, you will change your life. So if you get nothing more out of this message and you get nothing more out of today, this is what I want you to get, okay? This is what I want you to get. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Proverbs 23, verse 7, in the New American Standard says it this way, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. Most of life's battles are won and lost in the mind. You see, our mind is a battlefield. We, we allow our thoughts to just dictate our life. And what we put into our mind is a reflection of what's coming out in our life. So quickly, um, you don't have this in your notes. We're going to do this because we've done this before. But I want us to think about it again. We're going to take a quick think or thought audit. What have your thoughts been? And so for some of you that don't think a lot, I want you to think about the last week. Okay? Some of you that think a lot, I want you to think about this morning, okay? 
You've probably had a lot of thoughts even this morning. And so here's what we're going to, we're going to do a thought audit and see where you land on this scale. The first one is this. Do you have thoughts that are more worrisome? Are you more worried or are you more peaceful? One to ten, worried or peaceful. If you have worried thoughts, maybe you're thinking things like, you know, what are they going to think about me? Or what are they going to think about my kids? Or what do people think about my future or the job that I do? Or how, do they, how am I perceived in, in my community? Or maybe you have peaceful thoughts. That if you have peaceful thoughts, maybe you're secure in the promises of God for your life. And if you are, I say, praise God. Maybe, maybe you know deep down that your life can be peaceful because you've put your trust and hope in Jesus Christ. Maybe your worried thoughts or peaceful thoughts. The second, the second one is this. Do you have more negative thoughts or more positive thoughts? If you have more negative thoughts, you probably think things like this. You know what? That person shouldn't wear that. Or, you know what? I don't really need to go be a part of that thing that's going on. I can just kind of keep to myself and, and just stay in my own little world and not worry about anybody else. I don't, I don't want to go there because I just really don't like what they're doing. Or, oh, I'm too busy to go and do that. You know, I'll just, I'll just stay here and do my own thing and stay in my world. Or, you know, it's, I can't believe they said that to me. Can you see that picture they posted on Facebook or Instagram? Can you believe that? Or maybe you have more positive thoughts and you're like, wow, did you see how that shirt brought out her eyes? Do you see how good her hair looks today? I've told my wife both of those things today, by the way, so I'm hoping I got some audit points there. Maybe you've had positive thoughts like, you know what? I am so glad that I can come to a church where I'm loved and accepted and cared for. I'm so glad that I get to hear God's word preached and I'm so glad that we can do it in person right now and we have thoughts that are positive and, and we think more positively about what's going on in our world. We're optimistic about things. Or here's the third, the third idea. Do you have thoughts that are more worldly or more eternal? If they're more worldly, you probably have had thoughts where your mind is consumed with this life. I know I've, had, I've fallen into this trap sometimes because there's things that I want. There are things, there are possessions, there are desires, and it's fun to dream and it's fun to think about it, but do, is it, does it consume my life? Do we think about our possessions and what we want, our jobs, or do we think about being liked by others as our main goal in life? Or do we have eternal thoughts? Maybe if you have eternal thoughts, you have more thoughts that are more along the lines of, God has gifted me here. I wonder how I can use that gift. Or, or there's a need here for somebody else. Maybe I can fill that need for them. And we have thoughts that, that think about others before ourselves. Because you realize that today your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thought. So what comes into your mind comes out in your life. No matter what you do, no matter what you have, no matter who you are, no matter what you buy, no matter where you live, no matter where you go, what comes into your mind comes out in your life. In other words, you cannot have a positive life 
if all you think about are negative things. Let me say that again. You can't have a positive life if you have negative thoughts. So for us to set up a baseline for this game of brain boggle we're going to go through, we need to do two things today. We're going to set the groundwork for this series of, of brain boggle. So two things that we need to do today that get us off on the right foot. The first thing is this. Identify the number one stronghold that's holding you back. Identify the number one stronghold that's holding you back. Remember, a stronghold is that prison, that prison that has trapped us, that prison of thoughts, negativity, that stronghold that is keeping us from being all that God wants us to be. It's holding us back. We are contained. We are not allowed to be everything that God intended us to be. So maybe for you, it's thoughts like we talked about last week. Maybe you are worried of being overlooked. Maybe you have thoughts that your past is too bad to be used by God. You can't trust people. You've been burned before. I'm not going to put myself out there again. I can't do it. I can never get ahead. I can never do what God wants me to do because I'm just not good enough. Let me share with you something that is, that is it's scientific. And I'll tell you this before I get into this. I didn't believe this was true, okay? I struggled with this personally, and, but it is true, okay? Our minds create pathways when we think things. The reason the Bible tells us to take captive every thought is because our mind, the way we are wired, the way we are built, is that when we think something, it creates a pathway that our brain wants to continue to go down. Let me give you an example. If you have a negative thought, of, you know what, I'm just not good enough. I'm not going to be able to do that task. I'm not good enough. There's somebody else better. I don't know about you. When I was in school, I would have those thoughts. And I would get nervous, believe it or not, about speaking in public. Anybody else want to confess to that? Are you nervous about speaking in public? It's, it's tough. And so I would, you know, the reason I wear a jacket now, I don't want you to see how nervous I am. You know what I'm talking about. And so I, that's, a, that's a pathway in my head. Oh, what are they going to think about me? Am I going to deliver this the right way? And then we start to show evidence of that pathway. We get nervous. Our hands sweat. We start to sweat. We start to, we start to stutter or stammer, and we get, we get all caught up. Well, that's a pathway. And so then every time we're in that situation, our brain wants to go right down that same pathway. Let me give you another example. Maybe you're somebody who struggled to be able to, to eat right or you've struggled with your weight and it's been something that's driven you nuts for a long time and, and you just can't seem to get out of that stronghold. I've been there. I know, I know my family deals with this too. And it's like, man, I, I'm feeling so, so lonely, so insecure. I'm not good enough. And my brain creates this pathway. You know what I need to do? I need to fall off the step. But I'm going to go and I'm going to eat. And I go to the fridge and not only has my mind made a, a mental pathway, it's easier for me to go. Now my mind is doing something physically, and I begin to do the same thing. Man, I've had a rough day today. I've had a rough day, and I'm, I'm just talking about it. And without even thinking, I'm opening the fridge. Why? Because our brain has created this pathway, this, this neurological pathway that says, every time I feel this way or think this thought, I'm going to go down this pathway. And we think about it, and this is what I struggled with. I was told when I began to try to fix this in my own life, said, BJ, you've got to retrain your brain. 
You've got to rewire your brain. In other words, you've got to use the divine power, the dynamite power of God to eliminate and demolish the stronghold that's holding you back. Because it's easier for us to go down a pathway that's already worn. Here's a silly illustration, but it's true. If you go to my backyard, you'll see all the way around the fence line a pathway. Why? Because as soon as I let my dogs out, they run the fence line. Why would they want to go across the yard where the grass is a little bit taller when they can go out here and it's a lot easier and easier on their feet? And They're dogs, for crying out loud. But the dog knows where the path is, and the dog goes to the pathway. There's many times in our own life that we're the same way. It's just easier for me to go home, open the fridge, and eat, and I feel better about myself until I look in the mirror. It's okay for me to just warn this, this pathway, oh, tomorrow's going to be a, a hard day, and then I can't sleep, and then I've worn this pathway that I'm losing sleep, and then, I, then I'm unhealthy, and then, then I'm in this negative pathway of life, this stronghold that has just imprisoned me for what's going on in my life. It becomes a stronghold. It becomes a prison. And we must change our thinking to create a new path in our brain. So when we're feeling lonely or angry or, or bored and we, we want to do something we shouldn't do, here's what we can do. Maybe in that situation, you can think about somebody else that you could call. It doesn't mean you need to call them so they can save you, but maybe you reach out and be a friend to somebody else, and then guess what? You won't feel lonely anymore. You'll probably have a great conversation. You'll catch up on things you didn't even know you needed to catch up on. Amen? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Or maybe you're like me. You feel bad about yourself, and I go to the freezer. I pull out the leftover dairy ripple. I enjoy it. And then if, once I've had sweets, because I'm not a big sweet person, i got to go to the cupboard and i got to go get some salt. I don't just go have a few nuts of protein to make me feel better. i got to go get, eat a whole bag of chips. That's how we do this, right? We create, so maybe instead of that, if I'm feeling bad about myself, maybe I could go for a walk. Maybe when my wife asked me, hey, let's go for a walk, I could say, yeah, I'm good. But instead of that, I could say, yeah, I'll go with you. Or I could go downstairs. In my case, I could go downstairs and I could begin to, to, to lift some weights or I can get on the elliptical and I can feel better about myself because I'm doing something that is changing the way I think when I feel bad about myself and I just feel like going to the refrigerator. Or maybe when you're bored and you get your phone out, you start scrolling through things just meaninglessly. Facebook, Instagram, my my big one, I'm one of those guys that has gotten the trap of TikTok. Anybody else? Nobody wants to volunteer that? Yeah. It's, it's a struggle. The struggle is real. Um, there's some funny videos out there on TikTok. Anyway, you might see a hashtag, pastors of TikTok. I'll be on there. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But instead of doing that and creating that pathway of I'm bored, I'm just sitting at home, instead of engaging my family or maybe even opening a book or reading God's word, I sit there and I scroll my phone. We've all been there. We know what it is. We get into this 
stronghold, this, this prison, this trap. And we have to retrain the way our brain works. For me personally, I had to go to counseling because I was struggling mentally with my stress. I'm just being real for a minute, okay? Bear with me. And so when I went to, to meet with my counselor, he began to, to help me. And the first thing he said to me was, BJ, you need to change the way you think so that your brain can be rewired and think more positively about how you handle stress. I literally came home and told my wife, who's a counselor, this is baloney. There's no way you can retrain your brain. She just laughed at me, you know, like any good counselor would do. Yeah, no. But I kept going back, and he kept giving me some steps. You see, when I would, uh, again, I'm, I'm going to be very transparent with you, so please be gracious. I could come to work, and I could get a lot of work done, and I could be very productive, and, and believe it or not, my stress level at work was very low. Because I felt like I had control, I felt like I had, I had the, the ability to, to, to conquer my world, so to speak. When that stress rose, I was able to deal with it and handle it, and it was fine. But when I pulled in that driveway at home, my stress level went through the roof. And if I opened that door and I didn't deal with that stress level, I walked in with a stress level or eight or nine, and if something set me off, I was off the charts. And I had to train my brain, retrain my brain, so that when I got home, even if it meant sitting in my car for 10, 15 minutes to readjust my thinking, to enter my own house, I could do it with confidence knowing, God, you're going to help me to lower this stress level, to realize that I am valuable, to realize that I do have a calling here, to realize that I do have purpose here as well. And I was able to enter that, that home a whole different person. Why? Because that stronghold that was holding me back had to be dealt with. I had to create a new pathway. Paul writes again in Romans 12 too. It says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. You see, science tells us, my counselor told us, told me, I've got to rewire my brain. I've got to rewire my brain. God is telling us we need to renew our minds. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You see, what comes in our minds, we got to take captive. Those negative thoughts, those worldly thoughts, those, those worried emotions need to be taken captive and made obedient to say, you're not going to be a stronghold for me anymore. I'm rewiring my, my brain and I'm renewing my mind because I'm going to put in God's promises. I'm going to put in truth. So wherever we're at today in this game of, of our mind, whatever our stronghold is, here's what I want you to do. We need to identify the one stronghold that's holding you back. You might be saying, Pastor, there's more than one thought that I have, one negative thing that I'm dealing with all the time. There's more than one. I can't just name just one. Well, here's what I want you to do. Just focus on one. Focus on one. Identify it. Name it. Name the stronghold. I didn't give you a space in your outline for this, but maybe in your own devotional time, you can write this down. Name what your stronghold is. Identify it. 
Know what it is because you cannot defeat what you don't define. You cannot defeat what you don't define. We want to defeat the number one stronghold that's holding us back and defeating us. So here's how we're going to defeat that stronghold. It's the second thing we need to do today. We need to name the truth that demolishes your stronghold. Let me read our text again this morning. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Somebody say amen. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. Somebody say amen. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Somebody say amen. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Somebody say amen. This is the truth of God's word. This is capital T truth. You can take this to the bank. God has given us all divine power. His power. The Bible says it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. He's given you and me to demolish these strongholds. Some of you just had a negative thought pass through your mind. No, he hasn't. Yes, he has. We've got to retrain our brain to understand that this negative pathway, that I'm not good enough to tap into that divine power, is false. We all have the same divine power to demolish our stronghold. And the Bible tells us that the way we do that is we must take captive every thought. That term, take captive, in the Greek, it's a war term. It's a war term that means to capture with a spear or a sword. To take captive, to, to spear it, to, to put it in its place. Did you realize that in Scripture there's some more truth for us as Christians? If you're, if you're not a Christ follower, then this doesn't apply to you, but I, I got good news for you. You can be a Christ follower and obtain this. But here's one of the gifts we have as Christ followers. God has given us a spiritual armor. And the Bible tells us that we are to put on the armor of God every single day. Here's the really neat thing about the armor of God. The armor of God, I believe God intended us to read this and understand it because everything about the armor of God is defensive in nature except for one thing. Did you realize that? Everything in the armor of God is defensive. It's to protect us from the flaming arrows, the Bible says, of the enemy except for one thing. Somebody know what it is? The sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. Whew. This guy is preaching truth today, amen? He's given us one weapon in the armor, the sword. And his word tells us to take captive. What does that mean? We all now have become professional sword fighters. Yeah. Boom. And we take captive, we pierce the negativity. We pierce the lies of the enemy. We pierce the walls of the stronghold and we take them down. How? With the truth of God's word. The sword of the spirit. <laughs> Pastor, I just can't get it all done. There's too much. Oh, 
I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Pastor, you don't know how my week's been with my kids. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good dad. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Pastor, I'm scared about what the future holds. I don't want worry to be my master anymore. Put your faith in God. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm not good enough. I'm not going to find the one. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not handsome enough. I don't, I don't look the part. I can't, I can't fit the mold that the world wants. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's masterpiece. Boy, that's good preaching. When you think you're not enough, we replace that negative thought. We take it captive. We pierce it with the sword of God's truth. 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, His divine power, there's that word again, His dynamite power has given us just some things. No, it's given us everything we need for a godly life. Pastor, I'm not good enough to live a holy life. You're right, you're not. He's given you the power to do it. He's given me the power. Guess what? I fall on my face probably more than any of you. But here's the reality. I can cling to the truth of God's word and say, you know what? I can get up and instead of going down that negative path again, I can pierce it with God's truth and say, greater is he that is in me when I give him. He can give me everything I need to conquer it and live a godly life. His divine power has given us everything we need to live a godly life. His divine power, believe it or not, has given us everything we need to change our minds, to change our thinking, to renew our minds, to give us those positive thoughts. I want to close with this story. A pastor friend of mine, he had a staff at his church and and they began to do things to kind of boost morale, to, to kind of encourage one another. They would play games around the office, around their church campus. And one of the games that they began to play as a staff is they had multiple staff, and they would divide up in teams, and they would play capture the flag in their office. Now, I know some of you just had a negative thought. I can't believe church godly people are playing capture the flag at church. Yeah, they were, Okay. <laughs> So they were playing this game of capture the flag in two teams and they would, they would begin to attack each other's flags and hunt it down and, and, and it was getting out of hand. And they would do this for a whole week long event. And it, it was getting out of hand because people were very competitive. Michelle, you don't know anything about that, right? So they had to set some rules at their church and they, they set the rules that said, you know what, you cannot attack the flag until 8 o'clock in the morning, and you can only attack the flag during office hours. It's getting ridiculous that people are playing this game at 2 in the morning at the church. It just doesn't work. So the pastor set these rules, and so the pastor was one that would, he'd get to the office early. Well, his youth pastor knew that he would get there early, and so he got there even earlier, and he began to wait 
in the pastor's office. He had a closet, and he snuck into that closet, and he waited until 8 o'clock that morning because he knew that's where the flag was. So he waited, and he sat in there. The pastor got into his office. It was about 7 in the morning, and he started to hear some rustling in this closet. And he goes over to the closet, and he opens the door, and there's his youth pastor sitting on the floor, caught him, busted. It's like, what are you doing? He goes, I was waiting until 8 o'clock because then I was going to attack the flag and I was going to get in. I was going to beat you. And he goes, no, you're not. And he slammed the door on him. He goes, you're staying in there. He starts yelling at him. He's fighting with them in the door and the guy's trying to get out. And he goes, I'm putting a chair here. You're not coming out all day. Except the pastor didn't have a chair to put by the door. So they, they struggled a little bit and all of a sudden the youth pastor just sat back down and he waited. He goes, 8 o'clock, I'll let you out. So he goes about his day. Well, the pastor forgets he's in there. He has a counseling meeting with this couple that comes in for marriage counseling. They're sitting down and they're having their meeting. All of a sudden, the pastor hears this rustling and he sees the ceiling tile in his office move. All of a sudden, the tile slides over and there's two eyes looking right down at him. It's a youth pastor trying to crawl out, get out. He looks up at him. He goes, I'm really sorry. I'll let you out when we're done. So the guy goes back down and he waits. He dismisses the couple. They go about their day. He goes over to the closet. Turns the handle. Opens the door. Shows the youth pastor. He said, you know what? All you had to do was turn the handle to get out. And you would have been free. You didn't even try. You didn't even try to get out. You believed a lie that was told to you and you didn't even try. How many times in our mind are we imprisoned by something and we don't even try to get out? We allow the negative thought to just to just in, in, imprison us in that closet in our mind and we think there's a chair there that's holding us in that's locked but all we really have to do is turn the handle and open the door. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you're living it right now where all you really need to do is turn the handle because Jesus said, you know what, I came to give good news to those who need a savior. Good news to the poor. I came to bind up the brokenhearted. I came to set the prisoner free. Truth sets us free from the strongholds and the lies of the enemy. Amen? You see, your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what are you thinking today? Do you need to create a new pathway of truth for your life today? Because you cannot live a positive life and have negative thoughts. And you're only as strong as your strongest thought. Your life's always moving in that direction. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're going to say a closing prayer in just a moment. And we're going to dismiss those that need to go. We're going to go get our kids and come back and have this meeting in just a moment. But 
Before we do that, there's some of us here today that are just battling this, this battlefield. And it's, it's not a game. We use the game as an illustration of, of playing this game where everything's boggled up and it's all messed up and confusing and we've got to try to make it straight. But it's not a game to us anymore because it's imprisoned us. It's become a stronghold. And the enemy's winning because he's telling us these lies and these things that are getting us sidetracked. And God says, I have truth for you, but all you got to do is open the door and you'll be free. So I want to pray for us today. And I want to pray that God would begin to sort out our minds that he would help us to take captive every thought that we have, to make it obedient to Christ. Father God, we come to you in this moment because we know you're the one who can set us free. We are your prized creation. You created each and every one of us as individuals with a special purpose, and you've given us gifts, and graces to use for your glory. But God, we tend to fall into the trap of not trusting you, of believing the lies of the enemy, rather than getting in your word and thinking thoughts of truth over our lives. God, I pray that you'd help us today. Whatever that stronghold is, Lord, would you help us to identify it? Would you help us to name it? Would you help us to define it so that we can defeat it with the power of Jesus Christ? And God, as we identify that stronghold, Lord, I pray that you give us the strength, the courage, the, the willingness <laughs> to name the truth that sets us free. And God, as we go from this place, as we, as we go our separate ways, as we are about to, to take part in listening to some things that, that could cause thoughts in our minds to go in so many different directions, God, I pray in this moment, right now, you would help us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to what you want for our lives. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.